Dear God, I thank you for being the sovereign God that you are. I thank you for being our Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the author and the finisher of our faith. I thank you, God, for blessing myself and Dana with the opportunity to be poured into you so that we are able to pour into your people and speak a word, Lord God, that you have given us a divine download from heaven that is for such a time as this. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this space and we say that you can have complete reign and full control. We decrease and totally die to our flesh to where there is no Cassandra, there is no Dana, there is none of our opinion, but there is only the truth and what thus says the Lord. So I thank you, God, that we are being refueled by you, that we are reignited by you, that we are excited to continue and do the work and live in the purpose that you have preordained and preplanned before the formation of the earth for our lives. So I just thank you, God, for conversations that edify and equip us for such a time as this, but also for tomorrow. So I just decree and declare that there, that there are no technological difficulties. I bind and rebuke any satanic attack. Uh, devil, you are no void and ineffective, and you cannot have any place, rule, reign, or authority, nor control in this atmosphere. And so, God, I lose our ministering angels and warring angels to encompass a hedge of protection around us, around our technology, around this conversation, around every listener. Prepare their hearts and minds and seal this conversation in your blood. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can you hear what's going on outside? Nope. A car just pulled up blasting that reggae. Anyway. It's my song, too. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Not in the ghost, though. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I was, what was I doing that let me, oh, I was watching Al Sharpton's eulogy for the George Floyd memorial service in I believe it was in North Carolina or Houston. And then I was talking to my homegirl, who's also a minister, about the eulogy. And she was like, that was the best eulogy I ever heard. He took us through Genesis to Paul. He took us from the um, rejected stone to the cornerstone. He was spit in straight fire, blah, blah, blah. But when she said he took us from the beginning in Genesis, when he mentioned about the breath of life, Something about that stood out to me. And then I was doing something else. And then the 23rd Psalm kept coming up too. And I think it's the verse of the day on the new version app today too. So I was like, I keep hearing things that are referring to or kind of in line with God breathing life into. And one of my favorite songs, well, first of all, my favorite gospel artist is Fred Hammond. And one of my favorite songs by Fred Hammond is Breathing to Me, O Lord. And it's based off of a different psalm, but the whole song itself is about breathing to me, O Lord, day by day. And he starts off saying like, you know, the battle makes us weary and it, it feels like we're losing ground, losing ground, whether it be in the battle, you know, like losing territory in the actual war or losing ground, like losing your footing, meaning you're not as stable or firm in your stand, in your position, in your situation as you normally would be. So, you know, it's natural to lose battles, to get weary, to lose ground. 
And so in the song for him, it's saying, breathe into me, O Lord. I can actually just read the lyrics because it's such a one beautiful song if you never heard it, but two, the lyrics itself is just so fitting for me after hearing the eulogy and after reading over 23rd Psalm. So the, the it starts off with a verse where he says, breathe into me, no, sorry, when the battle, when the battle makes me weary, it seems that I've lost ground. It's so hard to hear your, vo your voice, Lord, with distractions all around. I try to lift my hands to give you praise, but then a spirit of heaviness tries to shield your face. So I'm saying breathe. And that was just very profound for me. One, so many distractions just in this generation, this era, the digital era, and the ability to have some distractions at your fingertip constantly. 24-7, but just with the current climate of events between the two different pandemics, between living and day-to-day, -day, those distractions on top of the generational distractions are very profound and it's very heavy. And there's this spirit of heaviness in the world. And when today I looked outside, I saw it was cloudy when I was reading these lyrics and thinking of the spirit of heaviness just reminded me of the cloud that's blocking the sun because he says a spirit of heaviness tries to shield your face. And it reminds me of like a cloud trying to block the sun. And so he goes on to say in the chorus, breathe into me, O Lord, the breath of life so that my spirit would be whole and my soul made right. Breathe into me, O Lord, day by day so that my heart is pure before you always. And that just goes back to Genesis 2 where life is literally breathed into Adam's nostrils. He was a being, but he wasn't alive. And so God breathed his own breath into him. And with Al Sharpton, Reverend Al Sharpton's eulogy, him saying, God is the one that breathed life into every one of us who are living. He breathed life into George Floyd. Who are we to take it away? But just the whole concept of we're only alive because, because God breathes onto us and God constantly is breathing into us. But when we're feeling low, it's like we need a rejuvenation, a refilling, a new breath. So when Fred's saying, give me this breath day by day, it's because you need new breath every day. You need new life every day, especially with all these distractions and with different spirits attacking you. And that could be attacking the world at large or attacking you personally. Mm -hmm. And... Mm -hmm how Fred equates the breath of life to his heart being pure kind of goes into what's happening now too with everything that's happening around. It's easy for us to lose a pure heart and to allow our flesh to control our emotions and our intentions and our motivations. So needing that reminder of the breath of life so that we have a pure heart before God. And then he goes on to say in the bridge, unto thee, O Lord, I do lift up my soul. It's only by your hand that I can be made whole. So Lord, breathe on me and revive my spirit within and I'll never be the same. And he repeats that multiple times. So then that just spoke to me too about having, even though we have life, because God breathes life into us for us to live, we need that revival constantly. Maybe more often for some than others. But especially in seasons of this, like this, where I think there's a spirit of heaviness, which was so good because I didn't have a name for it. And I feel like people put certain names to things and then it's easier to identify them. Mm 
but you could be feeling something and you don't know what you're feeling and then God will reveal to you what it is. So I know for me personally, I was feeling blah. And then I read these lyrics and I was like, hmm, the spirit of heaviness. But um, needing the breath, not only for the life to restore your liveliness so that you can just wake up out the bed and have life and to have a pure heart, but needing that breath to restore you. So not just getting you out the bed and not just working on the intentions of your heart, but restoring whatever is broken, reviving whatever is dead within your spirit day by day or however often you need to ask God for that breath. So it just was upon me to talk about God and being refueled by God. <laughs> you know you. <laughs> so yeah I don't know I just feel like you need the bread of life day to day you need certain things day to day but in certain seasons it's like you need it and I don't know if I feel tired per se I know some people might feel tired from all the injustices and systemic racism. I don't know if I feel tired per se, but I did feel the blah and that spirit of heaviness. And so it helped me redirect my prayers to say, God, breathe into me. That's so good. Can you push me? Maybe I can't hear your echo if I do, if you tell me why. I said, can you push mute while I speak? Maybe I won't be able to hear the echo. Oh, no, it's gone. Okay, so that's all good for so many reasons because I went on a journey on Monday or actually Sunday where I was listening to um, Stephen Furtick's sermon entitled Tired on the Inside. And that thing got my entire life together to the point where I was just in this place of, I guess, what did you call it? Exhaustion or spiritual heaviness? What was it? Mm -hmm. spirit, spirit of heaviness. Yeah, spirit of heaviness. And thank you for that revelation. Didn't even know what it was, but just like literally feeling exhausted, literally feeling tired from the, from so many different reasons, whether it is the spiritual climate, whether it is the cultural climate, the natural climate, just like just so much going on and just feeling heavy, feeling the need, of course, to um, lead in some capacities, but also making sure that I am being refueled by God. But what does that look like? And not even realizing that I am tired, knowing that I'm tired of situations and circumstances, but not even knowing or being able to understand or comprehend or put a title to what it is that I'm experiencing. Um, so that spirit of heaviness is like right on. Like now that it's identified, you can pray against that thing. But one of the things that he talked about in that sermon is about being tired on the inside. And what that sermon did to me is it led me into having a hard talk, not with anybody, but myself, like having a hard talk with myself, which 
ultimately it's me having a hard talk with God. And it was so heavy and so deep. And it did like such a heart check and such a soul searching. And it took me so deep into God's presence and, and into his word that I was totally checked out for Sunday. I'm talking about my aunt flew in. She's in town. I didn't do anything like they left me and went to have fun. I was in my room on my floor crying out to God and studying my word, praying, repenting for hours. Because the question that I had to ask myself, and it's the same question that I have um, spoken to my lady tour and my writer's um, program on Tuesday evening. And the same question that I want to pose to you all today is like, what is making me tired? And that just like downloading the answer to that question and going on that journey to really just identify the source of being tired or the source of my weariness or the source of my heaviness and actually like writing that down just helped to unveil so many hidden things that I possibly was dealing with or masking or unknowingly trying to work around. And one of the questions that he said, like, you know, he gave the story, he was talking about uh, speaking out of John. He gave the story about when Jesus went to Samaria and he was tired and the disciples went away to get food and he was sitting at the well and then he had that encounter with the woman. And so we already know that um, basically he was tired. He was sitting down. She came up and was like, you know, can you give me some water? And we know her story about, you know, having uh, five husbands and the sixth one that she was with. She wasn't even married to, meaning basically that she was promiscuous promiscuous and like all these other things and basically how she kind of felt like she was unworthy like you're asking me for for water like do you know who I am and he basically like yo if you knew who I am like you will be asking me for water but nevertheless what he was talking about more so was the fact that we serve a God that understands being tired and a lot of times um the Jews when they were traveling he, and he even and even his understanding or his revelation that Jesus was tired from his journey and we know that in some translations it says Jesus was tired from the journey like you know they were walking everywhere there was a six hours walk and normally they would go the Jews would walk around Samaria um, because of just the climate <laughs> um, but Jesus went through it and the question that he asked us was what are you working around that God has purpose for you to walk through? So how many times are we living or dealing or struggling with things that have become our normal or, or our way of life that we don't realize that if we just identify the issue or identify the source, then we can work through that thing and then ultimately overcome it. And so that is like something that really ministered to me so strongly because even one of the things that he said that Dana touched on, which was so good, it's sometimes it's even generational. Like I remember Bishop saying it one time and then even Stephen said it. And I said it in one of my sermons before as well. Like some of the battles and that you're fighting and some of the things that you're facing are not your own. Some of them are generational curses. Sometimes you are fighting just to get up in the morning. And you don't understand why. And I remember saying one time I was in a pulpit, like I was uh going through a bout of depression and I, I woke up, it was at the, it was at the top of this year. And I just looked back, like I started seeing similar experiences or similar symptoms of when I went through depression last year and overcame it. And so I just remember looking like, yo, what, what is causing me to be depressed right now? Like, what do I feel like I'm going through or what have I endured or over the course of my 30 years of life, my little 30 years of life that is making me feel like I have, I mean, that is, I guess producing some type of 
depression. And when I looked around and just asked myself that question, like, yo, what, what have I been through in 30 years that is causing this level of depression that is a cycle of depression? Like, what, what is the cause of that? And I, it's like I heard the spirit of the Lord whisper to me, like, the demons that you fight in are not your own. And so that helped me to be able to categorize, like, all right, so depression can be passed down, right? And it is, I remember even Bishop talking about uh, a sermon, one of his sermons recently, like, reckon, I don't even know the title. It started with two R's, though. And in that, he was talking about how these uh, rats, this lab, these lab rats were, um, Doing this study, and every time that they would smell a food, they would, or this certain scent, they would be getting excited. But basically, during the experiment, they would start being shocked, right? Every time that they would like get excited over this scent, and basically, it became so ingrained with them. Long story short, that by the end of the experiment, or when they had kids and everything, they would, if when they would sense that smell or whatever, they would run the opposite way. And they had not experienced the trauma of being shocked. They had like, but it was just passed on through DNA or through their genealogy. I don't know to where even though they hadn't experienced that trauma, that trauma was passed down to them. And so it just made me start thinking like, you know, a lot of times, whether it can be something innate inside of us or something like where we may be our, our entire family can be allergic to something like strawberries. But what about those things that are unseen, those things that are undetected like trauma or like um, depression or anxiety? Or what about even those things that can like the, the spiritual realm of things of generational curses like you you're called to be a generational curse breaker not even realizing that you and we we talk about like i'm a generational curse breaker and sometimes we excited about that like god you chose me i'm gonna do it not realizing that the the, the course of a journey of breaking a generational curse that has literally been here longer than you have been alive can be taxing and so what does that look like? And so after I identified my source of tiredness, whether it was the generational curses, whether it was the responsibilities that God has given me, whatever it was, and all of those different things in different areas, I was just like, all right, God, now what? And I got to this place where I realized like, okay, now you haven't been practicing what you preach all since the pandemic, the first pandemic hit, or not the first, the COVID pandemic hit. All you had been saying was make sure that you're feeding your faith twice as much as you're feeding your fears. Right. And so if you're going to be watching the news, if you're going to be on social media, if you're going to be staying abreast of everything that's going on, make sure that you're reading your Bible and listening to sermons and feeding yourself with the word of God twice as much as you are consuming those other things. And I realized that when I'm tired and I'm going to just use this like when I'm taking a lunch break <laughs> in my office, what do I do? I, I'm like, who? I need a break. And so I eat and I watch Netflix or instead of eating, I take a nap. And one of the things that God ministered to me on Sunday was Cassandra, there is not enough naps in Netflix to restore you and give you the rest that you need. And so in those moments, God had to shift my perspective in two areas. One of them being that when I would normally run to a nap or I would normally run to a Netflix, how about I run to him? 
How about I rest in his word? How about I listen to some worship music or listen to a sermon? But so literally since Sunday, that's what I've been doing. When I would normally try to let me just take a break and go watch some Netflix, I would grab my Bible. When last night I was super exhausted, didn't go to sleep to after two. And it was it was I wasn't exhausted from life. Like I was just exhausted because we didn't took a trip out of town, went to a beach and everything. And I had got back so late and I was like, oh, God, I'm tired. I need to go to sleep. And then I was like, you know what? Let me pray. And actually press into his presence before I go to sleep. And I remember getting up from off the floor and feeling refreshed and refueled before I even got in the bed to go to sleep. And what I started realizing is I'm being refreshed and refueled and being rested because I'm resting in God. I'm seeking after his face. I'm pressing into his presence despite how I'm feeling. So if I can give you any words of encouragement, if you're experiencing the spirit of heaviness or exhaustion or being tired on the inside, like Stephen Furtick um, taught so well on Sunday, it is to ask yourself the hard question and identify the source of your weariness and just like really sit with God so that he can unveil those things to you. And then the second thing is to press into God's presence, even in the, in the midst of your weariness. And honestly, I got another one. And the third one, um, actually just left my mind. So when it comes back to me, I'll say it again. Well, I know as I was reading um the 23rd Psalm, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, which in the Hebrew was like um pastures of tender green grass or something like that. So I thought of like comforting gentleness. He leadeth me beside still waters. In Hebrew, it's waters of quietness. So that goes to if your mind is overwhelmed and anxious, it quiets your mind, waters of quietness. And then he restores my soul. And so as Cassandra just said, if the Lord is your shepherd and you shall not want, and he's going to bring you this comfort, this quietness and this restoration, then clearly that's just where you need to go. And it's interesting because I do the same thing when I'm overwhelmed. I go to Netflix because it's like, I need to turn my brain off. But rather than numbing my brain to TV shows, even if the TV show was good, so it's not necessarily mind numbing, but rather than distracting myself further, I should just be, you know, turning to God, my shepherd. Mm -hmm. And then when you were speaking on generational curses, I was talking to my mom last night about generational diseases because we were actually talking about mental degeneration and she was like, well, you know that run on your father's side of the family because his father and two of his sisters had it. And I was like, I did not know that. And then I know personally that my boyfriend's grandmother's sister had the same disease. So now last night I started getting worried. I was like, oh, no. I'm going to start praying against that from now. I don't even got kids. I'm not even going to have no kids no time soon. But, and I'm only 30 on Saturday, Jesus Christ. But no. <laughs> But I'm like, and you know, most of the time signs for that doesn't start to develop until you're well into your senior elder years. But even though I'm 29, because I'm still claiming it until Saturday, yeah. and even though yeah. I have no kids, I'm 29 until Saturday, and I don't have no kids, I'm preparing myself to start praying against generational stuff from now. Like, because I know, like you said, it's taxing, it's a lot. People love to say, I'm a generational curse breaker against uh, generational poverty. You know how much it takes to get wealth? not money but wealth that takes work like it's gonna take work people just be saying these things because it sounds cute generational curse breaker yes that sounds cute but do you know the work that goes behind that do you know how many generations this curse has ravaged your family even if we just think about a curse of 
or a spirit of heaviness or a spirit of racism, that, that runs past your family up to ancestors you don't even know. Because I know not only y'all know your ancestors back to Adam. So if some ancestors who was dealing with curses, you don't even know those ancestors, or you don't even know those curses that have been, let me, there are ancestors that you don't even know how far back this curse could go. You might know your great-great-grandmama and you know that curse run back to your great-great-grandmama. But what about your great-great-great-great-great-grandma? So you don't know how long this curse has even necessarily been around, but you're going to sit up there and say, I'm a generational curse breaker because you heard T.D. Jakes and whoever else say it on some stage in front of 200 people. Do you know the work? Are you ready for the work? Because that's some work. And if it is like a stronghold, I'm not talking about, you know, a spirit of, I don't know, laziness. I mean, that could be shown too. I don't know. But most of these curses, if they've lasted these many years, these many decades, if it's generational and not just your mama had it, but your mama's mama, that stronghold is strong and it is tiring to try and break it. So when you get tired from being that generational curse breaker, because it's not just cute and glamorous to say, but it's hard taxing work. So when you get tired, and when your soul grows weary because the battle made you lose some ground because you're going to lose some ground when you think you're going up against a generational curse because guess what? If it's a generational curse, that curse is on you too. So you battling the same thing that you're dealing with. You're not just battling that something that someone else dealt with like, oh God, this um, curse that my mama had and my mom's mama had, this curse that I have. So you battling the same thing that's inwardly trying to consume you while you're praying against it for these generations, you're going to lose ground. You're going to lose a couple battles. And even if you don't lose them, you're going to grow weary. You're going to get tired. And that is when you have to turn to God so that he can bring you to these pastures, so these still waters, so he can restore your soul, so that he can breathe into you and refuel you, so that you can still endure and want to get about the bed and do it again. And not just turn on Netflix. My friend is preaching. You know, I don't want to use that word. <laughs> my friend is preaching. <laughs> the reason why this is so good, what Dana is saying, though, because the work that she's talking about, like, you know, we're, you got to count the cost, first of all, before you accept the mission. Like, what is this going to cost me? Like, let's, let's Bible. But um, nevertheless, we should still say yes. But the the work, the warfare for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So that work that Dana is referring to is being fought in the spiritual realm. So while you're still living your natural life, while you're still getting up in the morning and still have natural responsibilities, you are warring against the unseen, right? And so you're having to consistently fast. You're having to consistently pray and war in the spirit. You're having to consistently read your word and then Take the instructions that God is giving you to then implement into your life. Yesterday, um, this God is so intentional. Yesterday, during my Wisdom Wednesday's live stream with Olivia, it was literally entitled "Take It Back," and she was like, "I don't know." She was like, "I got a prophetic word from the Lord." She was like, "And it is just as much for you all." I mean, she said, "It is just as much as for me as it is for you all." And then she just started talking about how when you are losing your joy, you're lo- She literally said, talked about losing ground. You feel like you're losing your battle, and she talked out of First Samuel thirty when um. They came in and destroyed David and his army and all their camps and everything. And they came back and they was crying. And they were so sad. But then David went to God and received the courage um, and the instructions that he needed. And God was like, you know what? Go fight them. 
And not only are am I instructing you and telling you to go fight them, but you're going to overtake them. So you're going to win and it's going to require a fight. It's going to require a battle. But know that not only am I with you, that you're going to win in the end. And it just made me think about how God gave me this prophetic word last year that 2020 is the year of kingdom. And as Matthew 6 talks about on earth as it is in heaven, but we have to understand what, what the kingdom in heaven looks like. And so God took me on this entire journey last year of studying kingdom, of getting greater revelation of kingdom so that we can be living out kingdom while here on earth and what that looked like for starters which is quite crazy because i'm talking about naps and netflix now but i mean i even talked about this yesterday like we don't even have cable at our house that's how much we don't or at least me like that's how much we don't watch tv like we turned that stuff off and now i'm watching netflix but it started with god actually instructing me to watch a show on Netflix entitled Crown. And he was like, Cassandra, you cannot understand what I'm calling you to. You cannot understand or walk out and live in kingdom if you don't have an understanding or a revelation of what kingdom looks like. And because you live in America and because y'all vote in y'all president and you vote in your elect elected officials, like you don't have an understanding that in kingdoms you're born into that thing is by blood. And so he had me watching this uh, this show called Crown, and it was about Queen of Queen Elizabeth and all of them. And literally, the way the only way that you can get out of answering the call of the crown, the responsibility, the privilege, and the honor of running or doing what it is that God has called you to do, or that your family inheritance has caused you to do, is literally by denouncing or renouncing all of the royal inheritance that is attached to you, right? And so, of course, we see it being done differently in today's society. But when you're called to the crown, like in order, if you're like the next in line and born, born into this thing, like you can't just say like, oh, no, I don't want this responsibility. Um, I just want to be a princess and the glam and the fame and the fortune. But I don't want the responsibility of having to rule an entire nation. That's not how it goes. And so and getting my understanding. Yeah, they, but they wasn't next up to be king. Like, do you know how but they, they denounced themselves? Right, but th how many? They denounced their responsibilities. Right, right. But I'm saying that they. I'm talking about when you have the responsibility, like you're called to the crown to run an entire country. So many people would have had to die in order, and then they did renounce their responsibilities. And we don't know what that what that was attached to on the back end of them, like probably being cut off from some inheritance or stuff like that. But I'm talking about when you're called to the crown and called to run called to run a nation, like um the I know Queen Elizabeth is still alive right now, but the person she wasn't gonna be she wasn't gonna be the queen. Like her dad wasn't going to be the king. His brother chose not to want to step up to the responsibility, which in, innately made her father have to step up. So when her father died, that is how she ended up like her. She would have never had to have the crown. She would have never had to have all these responsibilities attached to it. But because her uncle renounced and had like moved out the country and everything and let go of his entire legacy and all that was attached because he didn't want the responsibility, it changed. It shifted the entire the entire, I guess, hierarchy or order or whatever. And so one of the things that God was telling me, because in addition to watching Crown, God was like really just taking me on this journey of studying, like even when he called them into the promised land, he gave the promise to Abraham. And of course they didn't receive or walk into Canaan until Joshua. But nevertheless, like even when Joshua got there, there were fights. 
like every everything that God had called them to possess, all of the land that God had promised, all of the land that God had promised them, they still had to possess the land. They still had to go and take it. And so one of the things that you're saying is like, um, and the same thing that that Olivia was saying yesterday is like, yeah, we're called to take it, and it is a fight, and we will grow weary, and sometimes we will be tired, but we have to remember that we will win, and God's gonna be with us every step of the way. But we have to go to Him to get the instruction, just like David did, just like joshua did like god instructed them to fight and he gave them the tools and he gave them the instructions and told them what to do and then when he went out there and did it that is when they conquered the land but every single part of canaan every single part of the promised land that they received it was through a fight and so it's the same thing god has many promises that he has spoken over your life but some of these things you have to take it um, I, I quoted this scripture yesterday and i'm trying to quote it again um but it says like the violent sufferers and the what is that scripture? The, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Thank you, Auntie. That's my aunt. <laughs> but yeah, and so like we have to like be violent, quote unquote, and take what it is that God is calling us to take. But we, in order for us to get that territory, we have to go to the source. And so that third thing that I forgot is like, I had to get to a place of repentance because a lot of the things that I was tired from or that, that spirit of weariness and exhaustion came initially from a perspective. And I had to have a perspective shift, which first started with me having repentance because a lot of times, even I asked this to Dana, like what you got to do today, right? And then she'd be like, what about you? And we listen all about the responsibilities and the tasks and the things that we have to knock off of our to-do list or all the things that we have to accomplish. And that can be taxing, not just doing the things, but thinking about the things. But God told me, Cassandra, a lot of these things that you're looking at, your responsibilities are not a burden. And so you have to look at it instead of like, I have to do these things, start thinking like, I have the opportunity. Like I'm blessed with the opportunity. And so one of the um, challenges that I gave my ladies and the same thing that I get that God gave to me is that in every task that I'm presented with, every responsibility that God has given me the opportunity to steward over, let me look at it just like that, an opportunity, a blessing. Even if it's a responsibility, it's not a burden because God has chosen me and he has selected me. And at the end of the day, I have chosen to say yes. I can say no. I don't have to do these things. We are not obligated to do anything. And even our obligations are still met with a decision. And so I had to get to this place of repentance. I, rem I was listening to Clean Heart by Fred Hammond on repeat on Sunday. So that's funny that she was even talking about that Clean Heart because I needed a clean heart and I needed a renewed perspective and I needed to shift my heart posture pertaining to the responsibilities and the opportunities that God has given me to steward over. And so just like Dana read that, um, I want to read the, cause I wrote them down. Like I, where's my camera? I wrote down the lyrics to the song. And in that song, he says, give me a clean heart to see you like I should to walk the path that's right, to do the things you would. And I was just like, wow, God, like I pray not my will, but yours be done. I pray that I have a heart of righteousness. But then when I'm called to do the things and I'm called to walk the path that's right, then I start looking at it like, oh, it's a burden. Like, oh, I got so much to do. I got to do this. That. No, I don't got to do nothing. I get to do it. And so when we shift our perspective and he in verse two, he says, give me a clean heart to lose the double mind 
to believe you when you tell me everything will be just fine. Just lay your hands on me, Lord, and I will be brand new. But in order for us to even get to that place of God laying his hands on us, we have to press into his presence and just rest at his feet. And then we can receive the refuelment and the refreshment that we need. If we're done. <laughs> well, I mean, it's been 36 minutes. I just was going to end with Matthew 11, 28 through 30, which says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, humble of heart, and you will find rest. Mm -hmm. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God gave me that scripture on Sunday, too. So when we're talking about uh, and everything, it is definitely a great exchange. Oh, did you hear what I said? Did you hear me reading Matthew? Because I froze or you froze. Oh, yeah, I, heard it. I said I just wanted to end reading Matthew. Uh-huh. Yeah, we heard it. It was clear. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Oh, because you froze on my end. But... Well, one, one of the last things that I want to say is like, that's one of the things that God was telling me is that like when we have an understanding of kingdom, that there is a great exchange where we're exchanging not only our wants for his will and our perspective, um, of course, and heart postures of obligation to opportunity. That is so good. Like from obligation to opportunity, maybe I'll put, preach a whole sermon on that one day or teach a whole sermon on that. But nevertheless, in addition to these things, I believe that another great exchange happens when we exchange our weariness and our burdens and our yoke and our exhaustion for God's spirit, for God's presence, for God's joy. So if we weary and we burden and we're tired, but we're not tapping into God's presence and his joy, it says the joy of the Lord is my strength. And so I went to the beach yesterday because your girl needed a break. And I was so filled with joy. I'm like in the ocean, my, my feet getting wet and everything. And I was just so happy. And I took a picture and somebody called me and I just posted the picture, like not thinking anything of it. And somebody called me last night. I was like, yo, thank you for that picture. And I was like, amen. <laughs> I was like, okay. And he was like, no, like you don't understand. Like joy was radiating through that picture. He said with all, he was like, I just been feeling so heavy. And with everything that's been going on in life, everything that's been going on in this society and all these protests that I've been going through and all the work that I've been doing and all the live streams and prayers. He was like, do you know like how burdened I've been feeling? He said, and then just to get on social media and scroll, he said, and see your video and see your picture and you just look so happy and filled with joy. He said, it was a reminder that sometimes we need to take a break from the work and tap back into joy. And when he said that to me, like I wasn't thinking like, oh, let me put some joy on the timeline. Like I wasn't being intentional. I just felt like, yo, let me post this picture. I felt led to, but, and I, I felt like an urgency to post it, but I just thought I wanted to get it over with so that I can get back to the moment. Not realizing that in my obedience of posting this picture, it ministered to this man uh, the reminder of joy because it's in God's joy that we receive our strength. So it, in conclusion, ask yourself the question, what am I tired for? And once you have the revelation and the understanding of the source of your tiredness or the, the source of your exhaustion or the spirit of heaviness and the source of that thing, then you can now go to God like, OK, God, this is currently what I'm de dealing with. I want to exchange it for what you have for me. So how come when you're talking about yourself, you say teach, but when you're talking about me, you say preach? 
Oh, okay. Just want to point that out. Because I am a teacher. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. But okay. I'm a preacher. Okay. Just wanted to point that out. All right, Jason. Anyway, what? Not I didn't hear what you said. I said, okay, you're a teacher too. I'll close this out. First of all, my aunt is killing me in the background right now. Anyway. <laughs> what words are she saying? She's like, um, they're on television right now. I'm like, this is not TV. <laughs> Speaking ain't TV. <laughs> anyway, I'll close this out because it's already 40 minutes. 41. Okay. Dear God. Thank you for another day of life. Thank you for breathing life into us so that we are above ground, which is more than a lot of people can say. Thank you for waking us up this morning with life, health, and strength, and the ability to even take on another opportunity. Thank you for shifting perspectives. Thank you for the revelations you may have revealed or unveiled in this moment or that you will reveal and unveil tonight. Please give people the strength to come to you, to not want to just soak in their feelings, but to push past the flesh and the natural, which comes first, and push into the spiritual, which comes second, which means pushing into your presence for the rest, for the quietness, for the comfort, and for the restoration. God, breathe into us, breathe into anyone who may be weary, revive and restore their soul again. Do it day by day, especially in this season, where there is such a spirit of heaviness, where there is such spirits of weariness and many spirits of exhaustion. So breathe into each and every one of us under the sound of my voice, including myself. Thank you for your breath. In Jesus' name, I'm praying for his sake. Amen. Amen. All right. If you would like to listen to any of our, or at least three of our previous um, episodes, you can do so on all of these different platforms. Follow us on social, on YouTube, iTunes, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. All right. Follow us on Instagram at Covenant Conversation, no S, and Facebook. You should know because you're watching us currently. And we just want to thank you guys for being so amazing. And we will talk to you next Thursday. When I'll be 30. <sighs> Who am I?